Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. Hi, I'm Harvey Asher, a sexaholic, and um, I don't want to start with a prayer. Let's not get too religious here. I want to start by telling you I'm a low-life drunk if I'm not in this program. You name it, I've done it. (laughs) And that's a big joke in Nashville. Someone is so depressed and they're thinking about killing themselves because of their shame. They're told, don't kill yourself till you share at a meeting where Harvey's at what you've done. And he'll tell you how he's done it at least three times. And you'll come out of that meeting feeling just great. Uh, on that note, I noticed that it says I need to talk about joy. Uh, but that's not what I was thinking about talking about. (laughs) So hopefully whatever I talk about will represent the joy. Uh, Because, you know, the book says, 12 and 12, starts in the 12th step. The joy of living is our theme. And for anyone who is in San Antonio, for the conference when I spoke about, man, if you don't find something that feels as good or not better than an orgasm, you're in trouble. Because nothing feels like an orgasm. Nothing feels like sexual excitement. So if you don't find something as good, if not better, By default, you go back there. Yeah, why would I say such a crazy thing like that? Well, if it weren't such a great sensation, the caveman would never have figured it out. Like I said at the conference, you think a caveman would go out all day and kill those tigers and with a stick and a stone and pull him home and feed his family if he didn't know he was going to get something from his wife that night. Yeah, that's the sensation that permits life to go on. Without it, there would be no future generation. And so much of what the 12 and 12 
will speak about in the AA book is that these are all natural instincts. All our car character defects are natural instincts, but they've gone haywire. They've gone in rough directions. Now, it would be fine to talk about this in general terms, but I'm allergic to lust. And if I'm not careful, I'm allergic to too many frequencies and orgasms. The phenomenon of craving will begin if you're not careful by being honest with yourself. And it's real hard being honest with yourself unless you get some joy. Now, how do you get joy? By the way, what is joy? We use all these words. We have absolutely no idea what any of these words really mean. Unbelievable, the amount of programming we have had over our lifetime, through our religion, through our society, through our culture. Joy is the absence of unhappiness. And, unhap and unhappiness is the absence of joy. There's no magic thing called joy. Without pain, you're not going to have joy. How do you know what pleasure and joy is if you have nothing to compare it with? You'll think it's just everyday stuff. So when you all start going into poor me, poor me, poor me another drink, and not be willing to say that pain is only there to help me know that right beyond it is joy if I'm willing to let go. And not to expect life to have rosy colored glasses. That's not what life is about. Life is ups and life's have down. That's what life is. You know, I, I read this beautiful parable the other day, really impressed me. It was about this man walking into a jungle and there was this big tiger pit. They were trying to catch tigers. And he accidentally fell into the tiger pit. But you know, tiger pits have those spears where if the tiger goes in, it gets killed by the spear that's sticking up from the ground. So he falls in, he sees the spears, and all of a sudden he sees a vine. And he grabs onto the vine. And he says, okay, I'll climb out of the pit. Well, he starts climbing out of the pit and he sees the tiger at the top waiting for him. So he said, I'll wait him out. I'll hold on to the 
vine, I'll hold out till he gets so bored, the tiger will walk away and I'll be free to get out. In the meantime, a little animal, a mole, comes and starts eating at the vine. And the vine's starting to shred. And he says, if I go up, I'll be eaten by the lion, by the tiger. If I keep hanging on, I'll fall and get killed by the spear. And all of a sudden, he sees this little strawberry growing out of the vine. And he takes this strawberry and he puts it in his mouth. And he says, this is the best strawberry I've ever had. That's joy. That's being in the moment and appreciating this very, very moment. By the way, I want to digress for a minute from the spiritual to another form of spirituality to thank Daniel. Can you imagine the hard work this has been, the dedication? This man has put in to make this happen. It's mind-boggling. A whole team of us, to be honest. And I, I thank you. We thank you, Daniel. So joy is going to be what we make of the day, of the moment. When I'm in the future, I'm in fear. When I'm in the past, I'm in resentment. But if I'm right here, doing my breath work, I'm breathing in the universe. I'm breathing in the breath that God breathes in, however you want to use that term. So, for me, the depths of joy has come from my working the steps. And my sponsor would hate when I'd use the word working the steps. He'd say it's not work to do the steps. It's utilizing the steps. As I utilize the steps, unbelievable things happen when I don't even know they're For me, in the past three years, my life has taken a quantum leap in a positive way. I've gotten deep into the 11th step. But for me to get deep into the 11th step, I had to let go of my old ideas. All that programming about prayer. God, are we programmed about prayer. We're so programmed about prayer that when we read the 11th step, we don't see that 50% is meditation. Saw through prayer 
and meditation. 50%. You sit around at meetings, if you ever hear the word, it's a miracle. So much of our program has been talking to God rather than hearing its inner direction. Until my brain is clear of all the mundane, we call it, and I have a wonderful sponsee in Germany, and I don't have the, the German words to help him with this, but I'm trying to teach him, share with him the concept we say in America, pole vaulting over mouse turds. Okay. What does that mean? It means that we will make a big to-do over very small things. And those, they're so small, they're like mouse little dumps. And yet we see them as mountains. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. That's the same concept. And boy, are we good at this as sex addicts. Woo! We will, someone won't look at us right and we're already into a big thing. Or someone looks at us for a moment too long and we think they want to have sex with us. All kinds of mountains out of molehills. Constantly pole vaulting over mouse turns. What do you do? You start studying, you start learning about meditation, Regretfully, the big book was written at a time where Eastern influence was not, not very great here in the States. And so Bill W. doesn't really say a whole lot about meditation. By the 12 and 12, he gives some more examples, he expands a bit, but still very difficult especially concerning breath and breathing. But no one could tell you how to do this. You have to be willing to say, I want to work the 11th step in depth. And so what do I do on my own to study? By the way, there's this terrible misconception by many people it's not right, it's not wrong. We have no rules and laws here in the program. But I'll tell you, there's this concept that you rely on your sponsor to do your steps with you. Bull! You do your steps and your sponsor helps you do your steps. I get phone calls from all over the world saying, oh, my sponsor won't meet with me and to do this and to do that on this step. Bull! 
You have an AA book. You have a 12 and 12. You have a steps into action books. Your sponsor's there to help you work your steps, not to do it for you. Sometimes a sponsor ends up working harder on your steps than you're working on. Good luck. Good luck. We want to keep doing it that way. And by the way, if your sponsor is fostering, you can only do it with me. Maybe your sponsor needs a little inventory about his omnipotence. I had some wonderful sponsors over the years in AA and SA. Jess was one of them for almost 12 years. And my AA sponsor, Cherry, whenever I'd ask him this question, they'd say, it's in the big book, go find it. This spoon feeding sponsees, if you need it that way, great. No, it's not a bad thing, but I sure wouldn't do it as a dependency issue because we have very significant dependency versus independent issues. So joy is basically what I get when I'm not searching for it. You want to guarantee not getting joy? Try to make it happen. <laughs> if you can, teach me. <laughs> joy is a result. It's part of the journey. The joy of living is our code. Roy talks about it and call it all joy. Roy was able to introduce to us the concept in Recovery Continues that the temptation itself is a joyous event, transcending the temptation. So many people are under this delusion that their problems are because it triggers outside. No way. A trigger has absolutely no power over you. Our program is about lust. It's the inner tr triggers. It's what do we do with the, th the life around us? How do we make the trigger have power? That's us, not the trigger. How in the world can we blame things on triggers when every time, especially for the men, every time they go to the bathroom, they're with a trigger. We have quite a few misconceptions in my opinion. Now don't forget, this is only my opinion. Only my opinion. It's not the opinion of that. 
because essays opinions are based on our individual opinions. We are not a program you do as I say and do as I do or get out. No, that's not what we do here in essay. Matter of fact, we have a fellowship that has no leaders, it has no rules, it has suggestions. You don't follow the suggestions, you'll see what happens. <laughs> and talking about sponsorship, this is my way of, I guess, answering so many of the calls I get that are similar calls quite often over the years and from all over the world. The same stuff. My sponsor doesn't have time for me. He can't, doesn't answer my calls enough. Number one, nobody could satisfy us. We have a hole in our hearts, in our chest, no human being can fill. A sponsor will never be enough. But I'll tell you one thing, if my sponsor wouldn't answer my calls, or if my sponsor couldn't meet me at least once or twice a week, then what, how's it even called sponsorship? To each his own, but that's not my style. I need a real live sponsor who is available. Now, for me, over the years, I've always gotten older sponsors because they're usually retired. Um, the bad, the downsides is they usually die. I've had so many men I truly love die, sponsors. But that's what happens. What happens is the program is bigger than the individual. You know, I wish you guys and gals well, but your seats will always get filled. We love you, but when you disappear, not many people are thinking about you. That's just how life is. We're so glad to see you back. But let me tell you, in the 34 years and eight months I've been sober, I have seen thousands of people come and go. Some do okay. I meet them in town. But many of them have either died or gone to prison or just been living a very unhappy life. But they're not my issue. I have to take care of me. I'm there for you, but I cannot become codependent on you. My recovery must come first. And so, 
Many of you know my style, not like other people's style. Other people can, will sponsor a sponsee from one relapse to another. I don't. I have a one relapse rule. If you relapse one time, it means I haven't really done my job as a sponsor or there's something about me you really don't want, I think it's time you find another sponsor. Because my ego could start wanting to hold on to prove that I could get that person sober. In the meantime, I could end up hurting that person because I don't have it for what they particularly need. Sponsorship is a very important inventory issue for those of you who sponsor. To really see what is behind your sponsorship. There's sometimes, if you're not careful, happened to me, you could begin to think you're God and that you could get anybody sober. Real dangerous for me anytime I think I'm God. So one day at a time, I've lost track of the time here. It's 1.30. Uh, did you want some questions asked? We, have, we haven't had that many questions yet. I think everyone's just like listening right now. We've had a couple of questions. Um, I, I personally really related to what you said just now about, about sponsorship and uh, I went through the steps with Cameron in Toronto, who is um, in Cocaine Anonymous. It's his main outside issue, but he has a great way of doing the steps. And uh, I remember I asked him, and he, he said that God is my sponsor. I think that I think that the, the sponsor really, for me, this is my own phrase, sponsor has two um, main purposes. The first is to walk me through the steps, and the second is to remind me to ask God um, whenever I have a problem. Um, and that's, you know, really important for me that I don't become codependent on anyone that I turn to God. So I really, really re uh, related to what you said. Uh, we have, we have, the first question we had was from Izzy, uh, which is an interesting question. It wasn't personal to you. He said, why are all ASA speakers so serious as opposed to AA where they have many funny speakers? He said, uh, not including obviously the, 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 tr the drunker logs. Because uh, even though our stories are beyond painful, I sometimes would like to listen to a light and funny speaker in our fellowship and not only AA or NA guys. Izzy, you asked the same question I ask, and you're more than welcome to come to hear some of the laughter in our Nashville meetings. I will often say, what are we at a funeral home? Hey, <laughs> this is joy. Um, don't expect the group to do for you what only you could do. So if you want a light meeting, then start, you start being light at a meeting. And I am breaking, I am telling jokes all the time. And we are not quite as prim and pr uh, perfect at our meetings. 
we use different language, and we do a lot of laughter and joking. Um, and if not, at least I can. A meeting is only what you make it to be by your participation. We have this great hall inside of us that can only be filled by a spiritual entity. But we keep thinking if the meetings were different, if this is different, you know. And by the way, uh, Daniel, uh, I'm very careful. I don't ask God for a lot. God is not my father, Santa Claus, for the non-Jewish people and on this phone call, in this call. Many of them are going to celebrate Christmas. Somehow they get God confused with Santa Claus. Gimme, gimme, gimme. And then when it doesn't happen, they get angry at him. And the Jews do a lot of the same thing, I've noticed. It is not a religious phenomenon. <laughs> we have a, a Santa Claus God, or we have a tyrant God. If we don't wipe our nose properly, he will get us, he will hurt us, he will make the stock market go down, he will hurt our children. Each day I surrender that God. That's the God that blocked the joy of living for me. Today I only have a loving God. So even if things aren't going exactly the way I want them, it's not because of a punishment. It's because that's the way life is. There are the ups and there are the downs. And let me tell you, if there were only ups and quotes, you'd think these famous movie actors and actresses wouldn't be killing themselves. They have all the women, all the men, all the money, all the prestige, all the fame, and they end up dying from overdoses or being unhappy. I heard this wonderful thing the other day. Success without fulfillment is absolute failure. Joy and fulfillment go hand in hand. And all this God's talk, ridiculous. Everyone's so busy talking about God, they forget to get fulfilled by God. They get so busy with his word that they forget, instead of just connecting to his word, to connect to it. 
And sometimes it's language people can't even comprehend what I'm talking about. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact. Conscious contact, it means we're already connected. We're already contacted. We're just not conscious of it. How do we let, and how we do it is through the steps, these extraneous issues that we think are so life important become less significant so we find what we already know. And I will review it again. Because this is where I've been taken to. I am a wave in the ocean. My higher power rep is represented by the ocean. I am merely a wave. And if I take the time and I look behind me or next to me, there are other waves. They could be different racially or religiously or what country-wise, nationally. But we're all waves of the ocean. And if we look down, we'll see we're all connected. All connected. And when I let myself know that and remember it, that's where the joy comes. Okay, next question. Thank you for that. Uh, it resonated deeply. Um, we have a question from Sergey in Russia. He asks, how do I discern dependency from healthy way of sponsoring? Yeah. Hi, Sergey. <laughs> Long time no talk. Um, it's a very good question. Um, I don't have an answer. That's why I protect myself and my sponsee, because I don't have an answer. And that's why I don't sponsor people who keep relapsing. Uh, I end up, if I like a sponsee too much, I can end up hurting them rather than helping them. So I love all the people in the program, but I like some people more than others. Like and love has some different qualities too. And so I'm very careful about it. My wife also helps me. She has good antennae to say, Harvey, you're, you're spending so much time with that sponsee talking to him. She once said to me, Harvey, do you realize the more time you spend with the sponsee, the less they get from you? Or they wouldn't need all that time? So a lot of times the sponsee is so empty in not a positive emptiness, but in a 
need to fill, that all they want is our attention and not really, they don't want to get sober. They just want our attention. And so I'm real careful about sobriety, about lust. This program can be such a cop-out. People could stop acting out, but man, they're just living in endorphins with all the sexual fantasies in their head. And I really am pretty tough about that. This step one does not say we're powerless over sexually acting out. It says we're powerless over lust. And you'd never know it by what gets discussed at meetings. A lot of places. So usually about acting out, not about lust. People tend not to want to give it up. And that's why I think we have such a high relapse rate. Because many people never get sober. They get legalistically sober, but they never really get sober. Okay, any other questions? Oops. Yeah. Um, again, I relate to so much of that. And I also, I, I turn to my wife for her intuition many times. Um, it's a big blessing. Um, we had, a, we had a, a comment from Sanj. He says, if I understand correctly, then the only way to obtain joy is to fully surrender to everything? Very interesting. Maybe I'd say to surrender to anything I'm fighting. So let me give a little more detail. My my wife often says, um, Harvey, do you think your telephone number is on every public toilet stall in the world? I get calls from all over the world from people I have no idea how they even get my telephone number. But so many of the questions are the same. And this is my response. They say, I have some questions for you. I'll say, do you have a sponsor? They'll say, yes. I said, have you asked your sponsor? They'll say, yes. I'll say, what has your sponsor said? They'll tell me. Then I'll say, have you done it? No, I don't think he understands. That's the surrender. When I ask my sponsor a question, even if he's wrong, I do what he told me. I've had problems because of what they've told me. I still won because I surrendered. I don't ask my sponsor everything. I don't ask my sponsor, hey, I have chest pain, should I go to an emergency room? No. 
I don't ask him questions like that. I don't ask him, should I quit my job or should I get this other job? I have his sponsor, one of my programs, he gave away all his money, his wealth, his riches about 30 years ago. Well, that's not my style. <laughs> that's not my style. I don't ask him, should I give all my money away right now or stop working even though I'm 79. Now, if he said to me, Harvey, I'm really concerned you might have a problem with greed. Why don't you do an inventory on it? That's beautiful. And then I do an inventory. But so, so, but right now I'm in a very nice surrender period. About two months ago, I went one whole month without watching the news, reading the newspaper, have anything to do with current events. And now I let myself do it just once a day for a short time. And it was a tough surrender. I had to go through withdrawal. But that's my response to surrender. And yes, surrender is the key. And let me tell you how you know you're not surrendering. Very simple. If you start using the word to your sponsor or people in the program, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. That's a famous word. I'm struggling with this. You can't struggle if you surrender. What does struggle really mean? My sponsor would say, we ask God what to do. He tells us, and then we tell him he's wrong. We already know the answer. We just aren't willing to do it. Okay. Yep, you, you got it there at the end. I'm, if I'm struggling, I'm not surrendered. It's your, it's your latest favorite topic. You spoke about it maybe 17 times in the last conference. It's great. I love it. Um, so we have quite a few questions coming in. Um, Thanks for your comments on Joy Harvey. As a sponsor, in keeping with the lessons of the first sober AAs, I tried to get my sponsees to steps four or five in the first couple of months. This is from John. And through to nine, as expeditiously as the sponsee is willing. Can you share your thoughts on the urgency that I feel some have lost in the program and cleaning house? I didn't hear the last part. Can you share your thoughts on the urgency that I feel some have lost in this program on the urgency in cleaning house. Yes. Um, you know, Bill W. did it in six weeks. Um, I guess it took me a few months, but it never ends because of the 10th step. Um, what can you lose in trying to do it? Nothing, but I wish you luck. <laughs> if 
if your ski's willing, great. But quite often it doesn't happen that way. I mean, it certainly can't hurt to do it as expediently as you can because whatever is missing gets caught up in the 10th step anyway. This is a never-ending inventory cycle. Yeah. Sorry, we're just letting AJ in, who's going to be speaking after you from here. Um, okay. What healthy joy, Harvey, this is from Barry, what healthy joy did you find in your life that you can substitute for an orgasm? First of all, I want to talk about an orgasm that no one talks about. We're sex addicts, we don't talk about. I have learned to blunt in my intimacy with my wife, the hyper excitement sensation of an orgasm. So I have very mellow orgasms. And so I am totally there for my wife afterwards. Instead of shooting way up and then going down and falling asleep, going to sleep, I'm here and I stay there. By the way, you think in Sexaholics Anonymous, where people have sexual issues, any of this would be spoken about. We become the most puritanical people, like sex doesn't exist. The lie, the lie of the myth of our program is most people in SA are having sex because most people are married and many people are having sex in marriage. And yet very rare does it even get spoken about. But what are substitutes or what's as good? Only you'll find out. I get extreme joy with my garden and my plants. I get extreme joy at meetings. I love movies. And I screen my movies, make sure there's no nudity or obvious stuff, but I love movies. My wife and I enjoy TV watching. We enjoy just going out, having a date night. Joy is not an ecstasy. Joy is a comfort where we have expectations that get all confused. Daniel, why don't you say out loud what you're saying? I said right now to AJ, if we can give you an extra couple of minutes for all these questions so that he, he doesn't have to speak on his own for an hour on sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, what 
Yeah. But he's happy to speak. But it's getting close to that time anyway, so I think we only have eight minutes left. So it's technically, but he's happy to give you an extra couple of minutes because so many questions came in, but we'll try and be quick. Tim B said, What when you're in an essay meeting, what do you focus on? There one you're gonna hear me say old stories, but this is all I got. This is me. I was at an AA meeting once and a drunk came in off the street and he babbled something at a meeting. He was drunk. And he was uh, like, uh, we call them street bums, homeless. And about two weeks later, I'm driving home with my sponsor and he starts quoting what this man said. I looked at him, his name was Cherry. Cherry, how do you remember from two weeks ago what some bum off the street who was drunk said at a meeting? And he said, Harvey, I never know who God picks to talk through me. Who God picks to talk through so I can hear it. So I have to listen to every word that everyone says at a meeting. So I am hearing the message of the day to me from God. Jess called it, he needed a God with skin. He found that at meetings. You know, someone once called this program the church of not knowing. We don't know crap about all this stuff. Like God and how he functions and where he lives. We know a lot of things <laughs> that <laughs> don't make sense but we have difficulty experiencing God living within us and living within people around us and listening to its message. The other thing is I, I can't feel God in house of worships, but I feel his presence at meetings. I just do. Um, also, I'm there to bring for me a meeting to the steps. So when people say, oh, it was a drunk meeting, I don't sit at drunk meetings. Because after a few shares, if it feels kind of drunk, I'll just say, hey, I think I, I'm hearing step three spoken about. And then I'll share my experience, strength, and hope about step three, and the meeting will tend to come back two steps, rather than problem meetings. Problem meetings solve nothing. They just reinforce the problem. Giving a problem and then letting the person give their solution, that's a different story. Okay, next question. Um, yeah, some really good questions. And for everyone who's been writing questions, I believe that Harvey is going to be jumping on Channel B 
uh, in a couple of hours and, and, and you, you might be able to ask the ones that were answered here. Um, some really good questions. How do we raise the bottom so all the young guys coming in who uh, haven't... I'm going to have to talk slower. How do we raise the bottom so that all the young guys coming in who haven't gone to the depths that we have can get the message? It's a tough question. If you want what I have and are willing to go to any length to get it, be sure you have what they want. Right. Don't start thinking what they should get. See what you got. If, if you got it, they might want it. And if they don't, there's nothing you could do about it anyway. Another question, I've been told to get a sponsor who I relate to, but I've also been told to find a sponsor who's different from me so they'll be able to help me broaden or shift my perspective. Is either of these two routes preferable to the other, in your opinion? I've always gotten sponsors that I could not relate to. Nice. Different religions, different professions, different levels of sobriety. Different. I have a sp sponsor who doesn't even believe in God. He's been sober 35 years and he doesn't believe in God. This is a new one on me. You know? <laughs> but he believes in love. So every time he says the word love, I translate it to God. But I've learned tremendous things from him. That's unbelievable. And I think this is an important question from Jacob in New Jersey. He asks if there's some kind of barometer to know when he's getting into a bad place and falling out of joy. Is he married? <laughs> He's not married yet, no. Oh, okay. That's a good way to know how much you're snapping at your wife. <laughs> Where she cannot do anything right. <laughs> Bill S. was giving out this little sign something to the effect, the problem is not them. <laughs> so Jacob, when you start noticing how annoying people are, it probably means your barometer is up for your program. We have one question here from Rene, who I already know the answer from you. It's, did you ask your sponsor? So Renee, did you ask your sponsor? <laughs> Sorry, I'll ask it anyways. So I have a year plus essay sober. My wife has no clue on my past acting out history. When should I disclose? And how much should I disclose is too much or too little? Keep living a double life. See how sober you stay. Wow. So I guess we're, we're up to the hour. Well, the, we're up to the, the hour. The way question comes up many times and I'll try to not be sarcastic or like that about it um, when I get sarcastic I go into fear it's really fear mm. that's in me and I'm frightened of that question it comes up a lot and um, it's based on my double life I lived a double life and many people come into the program and they continue to live a double life uh, I have never told my wife my story. 
But from day one, I told her I was an SA. Because otherwise, I would have to lie saying, where are you going, Harvey? I'm going to a meeting. What kind of meeting? My life would be full of lies of omission. And that's the only guarantee not to get this program, is not to be honest with yourself. Do you tell your wife your whole story or even a lot of it? No way. If she's upset, she could always go to Essanon. You cannot heal her. You cannot fix her. All you can do is help yourself. Good place to stop. Love you, thank Dan. You so much. Yes, thank you, Harvey. Really, really appreciate it. Everyone here Real appreciates it.